Welcome to the Pathfinder Executive Search Podcast. I'm Bruce Wright, the Founder and Managing Director of Pathfinder Executive Search. And for the last 15 years, I've had the exciting task of finding top software and tech executives, their new teammates and colleagues. Today, we're recording the fourth of what is scheduled to be a five-part series on the subject of non-executive directorships. All of the podcasts will hopefully be released by mid-July, so please keep an eye out for them and let me know what you think. Okay, helping us explore the role of the non-exec today is James Davis. James has just a wealth of knowledge in the areas of market strategy, portfolio and product management, innovation management, product marketing and go-to-market experience, not just in the UK but in the USA as well. And these have all been with, uh, it's all been with absolutely first-rate businesses. Notably, James was president and CEO of Accept Software a few years ago and has recently moved to AnswerSpace as chief product officer and for nearly three years has been non-executive chairman at iNexus. So I think it goes without saying, James, very grateful for uh, you finding some time to have this conversation today. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure, Bruce. Happy to help out. Good, good. Look, Lots to cover in terms of your non-exact work, but um, I'd love it if you could just add a little bit of colour to your, your your career overview before we jump into it. Sure. Well, I would say equal parts management consultant and software executive, and as you alluded to, spent 20 years in the in the US, uh, primarily in, in Northern California, um, living through the dot-com boom and, and subsequent crash. And uh, actually, remember the days when the likes of LinkedIn were working from a house in Palo Alto. So that will that will date <laughs> that will date the time and, and myself in the process. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, started my career in, in the UK working with BSI in IT and software engineering. Even though I'm a biology graduate, um, and then got headhunted by uh, what was KPMG Management Consulting in the US and uh, moved to the U.S. in 94 while I was still in my mid-20s and went on to co-found a VC-funded software startup, Navari. Uh, that was acquired by uh, a NASDAQ public uh, listed company. And then, uh, as, as you mentioned, went on to run a, a second startup, Accept. Um, that was also VC-funded and that also got acquired uh, several years later. And then after that, spent some time consulting in the States before moving back to the UK after a 20-year hiatus. Wow. So you've really been on the uh, you've had a front row seat, really, for all the changes we've had in the last 20 years. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, it's just it's just amazing to watch all of that unfold in Silicon Valley. You know, many, many good uh, memories. But uh, equally, it was a hard time for a lot of people. I bet. I bet. Especially when it, uh, it all came down around everybody's ears, sadly. Ex- exactly. We won't dwell on that. Um, no. So, how did this feed into, or how did this lead up to you uh, uh, taking on your non-exec role at uh, at iNexus? Yeah, I must admit, in, in the states, I was uh, an executive director of, of both of my startups, and didn't really think too much more of it when I moved back to the UK. But uh, long story short, met a, a corporate finance exec, um, got introduced through a mutual acquaintance, and. I met with them when I moved back to the UK in 2014. And uh, at the time, we were just exploring consulting opportunities within his portfolio. And, um, you know, one company in particular was uh, struggling with uh, kind of making sure they had the right product market fixed, fit. In other words, making sure they had the right products for the market that they serve. 
And uh, that then led to having lunch with the then CEO and then having lunch with the other ex- uh, non-execs. And, and as far as I can remember, still not really talking about a possible board position. That was just kind of in networking mode. And uh, after that lunch with the other, uh, the existing NEDs, I was asked to join the board as, as an NED. And uh, that was, what, November 2014. And then a little uh, less than a year later, I took over as chairman. So it was a relatively informal process. Yeah, it sounds like it was uh, probably quite a nice surprise as well when they sprung that on you. Yeah, it's, as we're going to talk about in the next few minutes, you know, at least through my lens, it's, it's a very fun position. It's a, it's a fun way to en- engage with, with, with a company. So I, I very much enjoy it and hopefully they get value out of it too. Hmm. So it was, um, like you say, an informal process up, really up until the point they offered it to you. Uh, then how did it unfold? Did it get serious? Did you then start doing due diligence and fact-finding, and, uh, or did it just sort of naturally roll on from that offer? No, it naturally rolled on. You know, in hindsight, as you asked that question, I probably should have done some diligence on my end. Uh, I'd certainly <laughs> seen, the, seen the product, uh, talked to the execs, and it's in somewhat uh, a kind of tangential space space to my second startup in the States. So I kind of know the space and some of the challenges that uh, they were facing at the time and were likely to face in the foreseeable future. So it just felt like a good fit. I didn't, didn't want to over, overthink it. It's a private company. Um, I was comfortable with, with the role. So we just, we just rolled forward. Mm. And a couple of years down the line... Uh... How do you structure your time around it now? How much does it demand of you in terms of your diary? Um, you know, it's a good question. So, and I'm sure everybody on your podcast will give a different answer because every company is different, as, as we all know. So we, we have monthly board meetings. Um, that's something that we are revisiting right now as, as the company matures and, and uh, finds its footing. Then those, those meetings will probably become less frequent. And then nested between all the board meetings are the calls and reviews of various materials uh, a couple of times a year the NEDs get together without the exec directors and then with the exec directors who uh, conduct things like yearly strategic reviews um, so I'd say you know, it's probably two to three days a month um, but part of that I think is because the NEDs wanted me to have more of an operational role um, so probably other NEDs will tell you they, they do maybe a meeting every one or two months and, and, and perhaps not so much in between those meetings, but I'm pretty active with iNexus. So, uh, you know, it goes beyond just the, uh, the monthly board meetings. Mm, absolutely. You say two to three days a month. Um, is that on-site at meetings or you take time out and, you know, that, that sort of accumulative number for... You know, web conferences and email answering and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it would be the kind of in aggregate, and that would be time on site that is not part of a board meeting, time on site that is a board meeting, uh, you know, various calls which you know might be scheduled during the day, or you know, quite honestly, it could be just talking to the uh, CEO on our on our respective drive home in the evening. Um, so it's very unstructured and ad hoc, and and no, that shouldn't be any surprise to the audience because. You know, the, the, the challenges that these companies faced as various, almost from day to day, certainly from week to week or month to month. Absolutely, and that is what makes the subject so interesting, I think, that it is, uh, everyone is unique and uh, incredibly sort of flexible and slick uh, in how uh, that communication happens. So you mentioned the CEO there. Um, 
is he your main point of contact or is there two or three core people or, or are you dealing with a wider group of executive managers at uh, iNexus? I would say first and foremost, it's the uh, within the company, within the executive team, it's the CEO, uh, to a lesser degree, the uh, rest of the executive team, and then um, obviously the NEDs. And, uh, you know, at any given point in time, there are various communications going on or channels or dialogues going on between the NEDs. Let's say they're excluding the executive team and, uh, you know, quite a few of them involve the executive team. So it really does vary. I know I'm not giving you an empirical answer because uh, it, it really can change significantly from month to month. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. So sort of nudging into that uh, topic a little bit more, uh, what are the specific areas that, you know, you really contribute to? Are, are there particular things they really say, well, we, let, let's, let's run that past James because he'll have something to give on, us, on, on this one? You know, that's a good question. Um, you know, I tend to have a, a product bias, um, you know, and my, my, my current daytime job, if you will, is, is as uh, chief product officer for a small uh, startup, software startup in Guildford. Um, so I, I, I tend to get more heavily involved in, in the product perhaps than other areas of the company. But, um, you know, certainly you have to be able to contribute across the board and, and have an appreciation of the different functions across the board. Um, whereas, mm. I can, I, I can, at least in my role, I, I can see there being other companies where perhaps they're looking for very specific skills or experience from uh, from their NEDs. So I, I think in my case it was a product product bias and also an operational bias. Uh, the other board members all represent investors, um, and some of them have, have kind of deep operational experience. But I think that's one of the things that they were looking for from me, hence my mm. uh, longer answer to how much time do I spend um, you know, every month it goes beyond the meetings because I tend to get more involved at, at a granular level. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's uh, that's great. Uh, and the benefits to you, James, in all of this. I mean, uh, when you're sort of sass on the periphery of a company like this, you get to have a, a different perspective as to your your day job. So, um, yeah, what what do you feel you gain from that? Yeah, I think it's you know it's down to experience. The very reason why I'm sitting on that board is the very reason why it, it's beneficial to me and. Even though every company is different, every startup is different in different markets and, and facing different challenges, there are a lot of similarities as well. And pretty much on a weekly basis, I can see similarities between what they're going through and the, the collective learnings from go, going through that situation. I, I can apply that to my, quote, day job as well. So it adds to my reservoir of, of experience, which benefits my, my primary job um, and you know, benefits iNexus too. Uh, it's good for networking and, and meeting new people. I've, I've met some very interesting people, particularly in the, in the investor community in the UK. And having been out of the UK for 20 years, that's been, that's been very beneficial. And, you know, Bruce, to the beginning of this call, um, you know, it's fun. I really enjoy it. It's a great team. <laughs> it's really interesting work. Uh, as they say, it's a little bit of a cliche, but variety is a spice of life. And personally, mm. I, I really enjoy that time. Um, gives me a break from what I'm doing day in, day out. And, uh, I like that balance. No, absolutely. Over and above, we've covered a lot of uh, topics already in a lot of areas, but over and above what we've already discussed, are there clear benefits to the business that uh, you, you can point to and say, yeah, I've, I've definitely contributed there? Yeah, I would say over and above the, the basics, you know, in terms of why you, why you have a board in, in the first place. I, I think, uh, you know, it's the outside-in perspective. 
And I see this in my daytime job. You know, you can be so in the weeds or in the trenches with, with what you're doing, you can't always see the wood from the trees. And I think that's what, one of the things I really like about uh, being on the board is uh, you, you can kind of see what's important and what's not. Um, quite often, based on your experience, you, you, you can kind of cut to the chase, at least uh, in terms of, what, what is it, 80% of uh, 80% of the time, you, you should trust your intuition. And if you were to, over, if you were to analyze further, you'd probably come to the same conclusion. And I think, uh, you know, on the board, you can hear what's going on and, and quickly come to, to the right conclusion and then spend the rest of the time in that discussion deciding, you know, what collectively we need to do about it. So I think the outside in perspective is important. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, in my case, I think it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an operator, I'm an operations guy. And um, I think that complements the, the, the VCs and the investors that sit on the board, too, who for natural reasons, kind of look, look at the world through a slightly different lens. Mm. You mentioned the uh, the 80% rule there, and uh, as a side note for our listeners, Dan Sullivan wrote a book on that about uh, your, your first attempt will always be about 80% of the final result. So if you do that twice, you're what, 90, 96%. So uh, a book worth reading, but um, putting that to one side for the minute, uh, is that how you see your role, somebody who just kind of... Um, yeah, let, let's let's be realistic about this. We're not we're not polishing the cannonball. That that's good enough. Let's get on to the next thing. Do you, is is that part of your role as you see? I think that that's that's part of it. Um, you know, I think it's the experience that 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 dictates you know what you feel the company ought to be doing and how it ought to be rising to certain challenges and what what the priorities ought to be. Um, you know, so that's definitely part of the perspective that I provide. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it, it is that kind of operations perspective. You know, if you've lived it, if you've done it, if you've spent 10 odd years, mm. you know, in a couple of startups, you, you've seen most situations. And the yeah. first time around, perhaps you didn't handle them a, a, as well as perhaps you could have done. But, um, you know, and this comes back to why it's so, so much fun to be on the board because you can pass on that knowledge and experience. And, you know, there have been various people in my career that, that have really helped me. And it, it's nice to kind of help others. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And benefits to your primary employer. I mean, there must be um, obvious cross-pollination of, of ideas, but um, over and above that, anything in particular? No, I think that's it. Uh, other than indirectly, as, as we all grow our networks, that's, that's useful to everything that we turn yeah. our hands to. But, um, yeah, certainly it's, it's that cross-pollination, as you quite well put it. It's uh, like we were saying, you know, two companies can be very different and they can go through challenges in very different ways. But um, you know, quite often you can take that learning from one company and apply it to another one. Mm. And what sort of agreement is in place between you and iNexus? Um, Non-exec chairman is, is you know, quite a serious uh, part of that company. So what are the, the kind of, you know, the legal framework around it? No, it's a, a, actually a surprisingly simple letter of appointment. Um, mm. I don't know whether this is something that you're, you're covering with the other NEDs as part of this podcast series, but you know, HMRC in the UK doesn't like you to be a consultant on the board, and they prefer you to be salaried. So there are certain kind of employment-related provisions, but um, by and large, it's a, a simple letter of appointment. Mm. Okay. No, it's by and large what we're, what we're finding. So uh, I think that's going to be an interesting trend that we, uh, we, we are able to highlight. So that's great. When you first got involved in the non-exec world any surprises anything you weren't expecting um I, I have to say no you know having sat on the board as an exec director in the states um you know i was kind of comfortable with with that role and how a board functions and operates 
um, equally as I'm sure a lot of your your placements will attest to. Um, you, you know, you, you you do when you start to scratch below the surface, you you do find out more information, um, obviously, but um, no nasty surprises there. And by and large, it's what I would expect to see from a company at that stage. And I think that comes back to the experience too. Nothing really horrified me. And um, yeah, quite the reverse, actually. You know, the company um, is doing a lot of things very well. So, no, I wouldn't say any any surprises per se. And in terms of the, uh, I guess, the mindset you need to bring to a non-exec role, where you you just simply can't be involved in, in like you say, in the weeds and uh, getting too bogged down in the details. Uh, is that a difficult transition to make? Not not to uh, not to obsess over the small stuff. Um. No, actually, and, and personally, I, I think you have to be able to do both. Um, I think you have to be able to think strategically and, and act tactically. And, um, you, you know, certainly in, in my role, I have, to, I have to be able to deal with the details too. Uh, I'd be curious what, what other people say on, on the podcast with respect to staying out of the weeds. But, um, you know, I say more often than not, I do get involved in the details. Mm. Okay. And finally, James, um, any advice you would give to somebody who wanted to become a non-exec themselves and get involved in that uh, that particular world? I, I would thoroughly recommend it. I, I think it's a fabulous way to to gain more experience and to kind of quote put back as well, um, you know, which was important to me. Um, in terms of finding one, you know, I'm probably not the right person to ask Bruce, in all honesty, because uh, this particular position kind of by and large fell fell on my lap. Um, you know, and I'd be curious to, to hear whether most NED positions are, um, you know, their invitations on, on the part of the company. Um, I, I'm not, I'm just, I just really can't answer that question. Um, I know there are some sites that, that post NED positions, so that would be one avenue, and, um, you know, probably LinkedIn as well. So I'd be curious to know how many are proactive solicitations as opposed to uh, invitations. But I'd thoroughly well, recommend it. I shall give you the answer that we've uh, found out so far off mic, but uh, the audience will have to listen to the podcast to find out. So um, <laughs> I'll be I'll be I'll be cryptic about it. But uh, look, James, um, you've worked up close to an extraordinary time uh, throughout this industry's history, really, particularly the uh, the dot com boom, uh, and actually out there in, in Northern California living it. So. Uh, I've been saying this to a lot of people over the last week or so, but there's a whole other podcast right there. Maybe we can uh, get into that one day. But um, many thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, Bruce. Okay, so that was James Davis of Answer Space and iNexus. And look, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you found it interesting, please hit like and consider sharing the podcast. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.